Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch, where there's always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and let's log some miles. We're going to start off with our stretches because that's how we roll here in brunch. That and cinnamon rolls, that is. So we're going to start it off with standing tall and get in our lateral movements. So your feet are going to be spread and you're going to be doing some lateral lunges. So let's sit back into those heels and lunge to the left, really feeling the stretch in those hamstrings, in those glutes. And you probably are feeling it a little bit in your inner thighs as well. Gonna bring it back up, lunge to the right, and again, sitting back, you wanna feel your muscles. If you're feeling them a little too much, back off on that stretch a smidge. We don't need to pull a hammy or any other type of brunch food muscle name here or now. (laughs) Keep going through those lunges, staying tall, staying relaxed. Gonna get our last few in here, and then we're gonna move it over to sumo squats a variation of my favorite squats. So you're going to do your feet more than shoulder width apart, and you're going to bring your heels and point them towards your middle center of gravity and your toes are pointing out, and you're going to squat down, and you're gonna feel like a sumo wrestler. While the funny underwear that they wear might seem like the worst thing you could have in running, trust me, chafing is worse. So we're going to squat it down, bringing it back up. And go ahead and give those glutes a little extra squeeze as you come up to the top. Going to do your last one here. And then we're going to bring it back to the lunges and do forward lunges this time. So hands on our hips, shake it out. And let's lunge your left foot forward. Sitting back again in those heels. You can even pick up your front toes a little bit to make sure that you are not kind of doing a little ballerina pose. Going to bring it back to center and do uh, your right side as well. Bringing through at your own pace, breathing into the stretch, breathing out, and getting ready to have some fun. I'm going to let you get your last lunge in as I throw it over to Coach Christine. Hey, Coach. What's up today, darling? Hey, I love sumo squats for the record, so I'm so excited that you're adding in some of my favorites as well, even though, you know, I don't love the warm-ups. But friends, we're going to go into our warm-up walk, which I do love every single time. In three, two, and one. Of course, I'm excited to be here as usual. Friends, if you're wondering, am I really this excited all the time? Yeah, I really actually am. I can't think of anything better than to get in a good brunch with every single one of you guys here today. So let's set that intention to have a really good, strong, long run or walk knowing that we're gonna be tall and confident from start to finish. Coach, I gotta say, I am so loving the game today. Friends should have gotten in their newsletter or they can find it on our website on timeforbrunch.com under our blog post because I love travel. I love travel as much as I love running. So we get to kind of see where everybody's from and where they've traveled to. See, I think you, since we've met, you've inspired me to travel more because I've never been a big travel person. Um, I actually would really love to travel all around the U.S. And I really, really want to go to Canada. I don't know why, but for the past couple of years, all I've wanted to be is to be able to go take a trip to Canada. I think partially because I want to see Niagara Falls. 
and I think it would just be cool. So you think you want to do more like the, what would be considered the southeast side of like where I think Montreal is in that section. You will now find out friends that geography is not clearly going to be our strong suit, but is there anywhere else in Canada that you, I mean, it's huge. Is there anywhere else that you think you wanted to go to up there? No, and like when you start talking about like where it is, I'm like, I don't know. I just said Canada. <laughs> Can't we just leave it with that? <laughs> well, Niagara Falls, like, yes, like we have different parts. It, it's shared. It's shared. I think with one of our states. Okay, we're gonna. We're now gonna change the subject. We're gonna talk about mm-hmm. things that we know, and what we know is that you guys are awesome, and you likely do know exactly where Niagara Falls is at. So you should have gotten a continental U.S. map with all of the states and a world map we would love for you guys to share where you've run and or where you usually do your running so we can kind of see a little bit more and maybe share some of your favorite places to run and I have to be honest I mentioned to coach Shelby if you are one of the people who ends up saying that you have run in Antarctica don't be surprised when I start stalking you to pick your brain and hear everything about how that trip went down I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it was cold just throwing it out there no idea why (laughs) I, I can't fathom that being, yeah, I'm sure it was maybe just a slight bit cold. You know, that's actually another reason why I haven't ever encountered or endeavored to do that type of a run. I don't know how to train for the cold in Florida. Like, and that sounds silly, right? But how do you even figure out how to wear that much layers? Because if we do that in Florida, we will probably have a heat stroke. I think you would have to, one, probably exclusively train on the treadmill, but your energy bill is going to be hella expensive. (laughs) We had to find in a walk-in freezer that lets us put in a treadmill there so we could actually train in the right climate. Uh, that's, That's good. Or we could maybe just travel a little bit more, maybe to Canada and do some training up there. Well, don't ask me where to go in Canada because obviously <laughs> I don't freaking know. So one of the places I want to go to, it's on my travel bucket list, is called Banff. And it's a national park in Canada. And it's quite literally one of those beautiful places that I've ever seen from photography and videos. So maybe we can make that a time for brunch adventure at some point in our future. Enough about our 10 year retreat. No, our 10 year retreat. <laughs> Enough about us, friends. So, we're going to go into our long brunch here in about 60 seconds. This is a great time for you to check in that posture, making sure that you are loosey goosey and ready to rock and roll. We have a very exciting guest with us today. And I think, Coach, that you made, the, you made a really good point about this individual being one of the first of their kind. <laughs> The first. the first, not just one of the first, the the main event, the main attraction. He is on the hot seat as being the first male guest on Time for Brunch. It'll be very exciting to see if that club tends to grow and um, if we will be, if we can just Christian him as like the leader of the males that end up at brunch. So we'll see how that goes down. Maybe we'll have to get him like a sparkly crown or something to really sweeten the deal. Oh my goodness, girl. I can't tell you how much now I want to send him a sparkly tiara in the mail. I know he will not wear it, but I still, ooh, well, I'm not going to share who it is, but friends just know this individual may be getting a package in the mail and there may be some sparkles in it. With that, we're going to go ahead and turn it over to Coach Shelby so she can bring him on in. All right, friends, time to get moving. Let's go into our first conversation pace block going to be here for 10 minutes in three 
two, and one. Get moving and grooving. And we're about to share our special guest with today. Today, we are thrilled to welcome in Denny Cray to our brunch table. Denny started as a blogger back in 2012 before shifting gears into the podcasting world not too long after. When he's not hosting the hilariously entertaining Diz Runs podcast, he is on his own runs, spending time with his family, and basically doing all things Diz, which kind of seems more like a verb than a noun, but either there. With that, welcome to the show, Denny. We're excited to have you today. Oh, thanks. Thanks for uh, allowing me to, to grace yourselves with my presence or something like that. Thanks for letting me be here, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a pretty big deal because you also have the honor of being our very first male guest and probably a very short list thereafter. I, I, as long as I, uh, hopefully a list thereafter, that means I don't screw everything up too bad for, <laughs> for all of my my fellow male com- companions that may be on the show at some point down the road. Well, humbleness check one. So you're doing well so far. I'll go around the rest of the checklist. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so Denny, we are so excited to have you here. You were um, definitely one of our inspirations and kind of our podcast hero. So we're going to try not to geek out very much and, you know, make this uncomfortable, even though I probably just did. But welcome on in. We wanted to go ahead and ask you, you have an infamous icebreaker question. It is quite possibly one of the best questions anybody can ask to get things going. Well, we do things a little differently here at brunch, and we're going to ask you, how do you take your coffee? Um, black, typically. Sometimes with a little bit of butter. I'm one of those guys, but, but nine times out of ten, just, you know... As, as as real as it comes out of the out of the machine, let's let's just bring it on. I well, dang, like... T- check mark number two. We're doing good. <laughs> Coach Shelby's like, yes, I finally have a fellow black coffee drinker. Do you do like the bougie like grass fed coffee? No, no. no. Just like right. I can't believe it's not butter. Slab it on and be done. Well, I mean, when, when I'm gonna do when I'm gonna do the the butter, yeah, it's it's probably not the, the can't believe it's not butter. But you know, we'll we'll play around with it. We're not we're not. Uh, <laughs> We're not too caught up in in the in the exact details, um, but uh, but yeah, when it, just as far as the coffee itself, like whatever, we'll, we'll take good. You know, bad coffee is not great, but it's better than no coffee, as far as I'm concerned. So you know, we're we're, we're pretty. Uh, what's the right word here? I want to say mutually exclusive, but that's not quite the right word. But we're agnostic, I guess, about our coffee around here. <laughs> you're inclusive. You're inclusive. Every coffee bean has a place in your cup is what I'm basically Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. <laughs> well, good to hear. I am a little curious. I would love to know like what you tend to use as your roast or your favorite one, but we're going to leave it at that because I, I don't want to make you feel like you have to choose favorites right out of the gate. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, we, come we on. We can to it later. <laughs> So, oh, go go ahead. I'm like, I know we have like a list of questions. Like we say we're not going to geek out, but I obviously have read your bio, but I want to know why running? What lit your fire? I'm like, I'm going to go do this and have fun and talk about it all the time. Boredom. Okay. (laughs) I mean, so like, like, I don't know if it's certainly not like every runner, but like a lot of folks that I've talked to and and I'm sure y'all have as well. Um, Running wasn't something that I much enjoyed. In fact, if memory serves, I know Shelby, you were you were one that was a, a signature forger to get out of running in, in class. Um, and Christine, maybe you were as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but but running was definitely not always, not ever, my favorite thing to do. Like I, I played 
not well, but I played all the different sports growing up. Um, and, you know, running was always part of whether it was conditioning, whether it was punishment, whether it was whatever, like you, you ran some to play football or basketball or baseball or whatever, but that was always like the least fun part of practice or games. Um, and then when I when I was in college, like I would I would run to try to maintain some semblance of a shape outside of all the pizza and the beer and the things like that. Um, but never never enjoyed it. It was you know you'd, you'd get you'd get a few miles here, a few miles there. Um, but when I was in grad school, I was I was working with the the, cra- the 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 cross country and track team at Middle Tennessee State University. I was their athletic trainer, and so I would sit at the track for hours every day, just watching practice. You had to be there before practice to make sure everybody was ready to go, stretch, tape, whatever things that they might need. Um, be there for, for practice in case something were to happen. Um, and and the way our our team worked or our practices worked, it was very informal. So like practice was technically from like three to five, but people would show up at like one because if they had classes or things like that, they'd show up at one and do the workout then, or they'd stick around till five thirty or six o'clock at night sometimes. And so I'd be there from, you know, one to four, one to five, one to, I usually had classes starting at six. My, my grad school classes would start at six in the evening. So I'd be there for, for the better part of the whole afternoon. And there was only so much reading you could do. There's only so much studying you could do. There was only, only so much, you know, just sitting there staring out at the horizon that you could do where it was just like, I would get so bored that I was just like, God, as much as I hate running, I'm here. Like they're just laying around stretching and I can't quite leave because they're still here just in case they need something, some of the athletes. So then I just go and run a couple of laps and it was really just to pass the time. But that was, that was starting to be the turning point where running went from something I, I really didn't like at all to something that was tolerable enough because it, it was a means to the end. It got me to the end of practice. But then we'd go to away meets and we'd be at, you know, whatever, Georgia Tech or Kentucky or wherever. Um, and like, I'd have these big gaps in my schedule where we'd have some athletes early and then we'd have nothing for four hours. You couldn't, you couldn't go back to the hotel. You couldn't really, you didn't have a car. You didn't have transportation to go anywhere. But yeah, two feet, and so it was like, well, I'll go. I'll just go tour around campus and just kind of look at whatever buildings or, or, you know, Georgia Tech is, of course, right in the middle of downtown Atlanta. So like, just go run off campus a little bit into the this, like. Not that I went miles and miles, but just a little bit. Just go sightsee and, and, and check out a little bit. Um, and then I'd have some of my athletes that would run with me, which was weird because these are college Division One athletes that are running my you know ten and a half, eleven minute pace or whatever. Uh, but they're just like, yeah, you know, just like to cool down, like whatever, no no big deal. Like let's just go run around. Um, and then, you know, dot, 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 that was kind of the, the beginning of the end. And that was, that was, gosh, 13 years ago, 14 years ago now, um, 2008, 2009. And, and here we are. So it was the beginning of having a lot of extra laundry to do is what I'm hearing. Cause I don't know about you guys, but that shifted in my life shortly after running. I was like, God, I just created a whole lot more laundry for myself. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Yes. And that's, that's a negative, negative consequence, I guess, of getting into, into something like running. And smelly laundry baskets when you don't quite keep on the laundry. Not that I know or anything. (laughs) Right. Denny, so where did the transition come into? It sounds like clearly what I'm hearing you say is that you had already worked with athletes. Where did the transition come with you to decide to actually become a run coach specifically? Or were you already doing it to a certain degree with your athletes? No, I was was definitely... um just just the medical side of things uh in in that phase of life we, you know i mean division one athletics like they had several coaches and and that was that was not my lane to be in um but it was it was actually i guess it was several years later i was i was doing 
you know, athletic training was my was my career. Um, and I was I was working out of a out of a clinic. Um, not necessarily what I wanted to do when I when I first got kind of the, the itch to go down that that route. I wanted to be pro sports and traveling and doing the thing with with um, ideally pro hockey was was the goal. But you know, I, I, pro pro sports in general, we we would taken just about any option option there. But you know, you, like at 18, all the travel and the never being home like sounded great. But at 24, 25, and married and like thinking about a family, like all of a sudden being gone for seven, eight, nine months a year was was a bit less appealing. Um, and so kind of settled into into the, the clinic local type of, of setting that, that wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was all right. And then, you know, just after several years, it was kind of like, eh, you know, just wasn't really happy career wise and kind of felt like I was kind of in a corner because I could do other athletic training jobs, but they would either be the same type of setting, just a different clinic, but the same type of deal. Um, or I could look at like college stuff, which is just as much travel and just as much just as many hours as any type of professional sport and so um kind of you know decided i guess to to branch out on my my own over the course of about a year i guess to build up a personal training business and and what i would do instead of working out of the gym is i was going to people's houses and um, bringing weights and bringing the equipment that i needed and going to their house or occasionally to it to an office whatever worked out for the for the folks but um that was kind of what, what led me into the, the entrepreneurial space. And then because of how I was set up, most of my appointments were either five, six o'clock in the morning or five, six, seven o'clock in the evenings or else on weekends. Um, and I had all this time in the middle of the day uh, to just kind of, I mean, working on the business, but like I had, you know, lots of, lots of flexibility midday. Um, and that's where I got into podcasting, which ultimately led me to get into coaching because I was doing the podcast and just having fun and not really thinking anything of actually making it into what it is now. Uh, but people were asking, like, do you coach? And I, at first I was like, no, I'm not certified and yada, yada, yada. Um, but then I looked and I was you know, certified for all the, the personal training stuff and the athletic training stuff. And then I looked into to some of the different run coaching certifications after several people asked and I kind of turned them away. And realized that, like, between four years of, of college and six years of, or I'm sorry, two years of grad school, so six years combined, studying exercise science and sports medicine and physiology and things like that, I was like, well, actually, this is kind of 99% of what all the running coach certifications are, and nothing against them. I think they're a great place to start, but like, those are a week, typically a weekend course or some type yeah. of study at home course. And this was six years of university study. Like I bet I, I, I probably say, have enough overlap. I was going to say, yeah, I feel like maybe an overqualification. And I, you're again being humble, so you're not saying so, but it does sound <laughs> that to be the case. Friends, with that, we're going to go ahead and give you guys an opportunity to pull back into about a 60-second optional walk while we learn a little bit more about Denny and his family. So in three, two, one, go ahead and pull it on back here for just 60 seconds. I heard you say in that conversation that you shifted a little bit from the desire of wanting to travel as much because of your wife and your family and being close to home. Tell us more about Mrs. Diz. <laughs> yeah, so so she was, uh, we went to college together, but we didn't really know each other while we were in college. Like we ran in, in similar, there's enough overlap. Like I knew who she was. I guess she knew who I was because it was a small enough college that, that you, you kind of knew a lot of folks, but we didn't really know each other. Um, and then at the at the end of my senior year, um, one of my buddies that lived down in, in West Palm was like, "Hey, you like we're gonna go to this this concert. If anybody wants to come, y'all can crash at my house or whatever." Um, and it was a Kenny Chesney concert. I'm not the biggest country music kind of guy, but it was just like, "Hey, it's it's kind of the last chance to hang out with a few buddies." And so 
like whatever we'll we'll make it happen um and she was there and you know we kind of met i guess that night and then the next day i drove back to michigan and never to see her again but as fate would have it stars aligned um i ended up back in florida a few months later and and again dot 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 here we are 16 and a half years of married bliss later um here we are well we got we're gonna go back to like you always say you don't do dot 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 but let's get everybody back and conversation phase here in three two and one we're gonna be here for 15 minutes not quite the 16 years but okay so <laughs> I have to ask because i do know the west palm area did you go to cruise and amphitheater at the time sure it was it was the amphitheater for sure so okay. i mean there's not multiples that's the one it's changed names like 15 times so it's always fun like the trivia question of when you went what was the name so anybody who's familiar with the West Palm area, definitely DM us info at timeforbrunch.com because I want to know what you remember that amphitheater as. So not stealing the story, but a really interesting sidebar. So you went to Michigan after leaving the beautiful state of Florida, which I'll forgive you for. And then how did you guys get back to being Mr. and Mrs. Diz? So my, my internship... Um, was with the Detroit Tigers during spring training, which is in Lakeland, Florida, which is where we went to went to school. We went to, to Florida Southern College, which is a small college here in, in Lakeland. Um, I guess not here in Lakeland anymore because I don't. I no longer live in Lakeland as of a couple of months ago as we're recording this, but I still old habits die hard. But um, so so when when I left the internship, it was with the the possibility of having a a job opportunity for the following season. Because of course, spring training is the start of the season. They have all their, their staff and people that they need at that point, but there's oftentimes turnover from one season to the next. So it was kind of with, a, with an idea of get certified. And if you're interested, like, and we have an opening, you'd be one of our top candidates because we know you, you've been around, you kind of know how we work, we know how you work, et cetera, et cetera. So I went back to Michigan. That's where I, where I grew up, um, studied for my certification test, and and you know back in back in those days it was the AOL instant messenger days so like we were <laughs> we were connected on instant messenger um, a little bit over the summer and kind of just keep it you know and I dial up at my parents' house so it was it was sketchy internet at best but we kind of sort of stayed in touch over the summer um, and she still had another year of, of college left and so she was back at, at school um, and I was in touch with the guys from the Tigers and because that was where the spring training home was it was like well and I had a pretty good network in, in Lakeland at the time from, from college friends and whatnot. So it was like, well, I'll move back down there because that's that's the road I'm going to go is, is to, to get in with them. They had an opening. Um, but as, as it worked out, I moved back in, I guess, October of 2004, um, looking to get a job in, in spring of 2005. And between the time that I moved back down when they were like, yeah, we've got a job open. And when I could take my certification test in, in November and pass it, they had hired somebody else for the position. So I'd kind of moved back down um, and the job didn't work out. But in that moving back down process, we started dating. And then um, I kind of had a couple of sort of maybe opportunities for some other teams, but you know, romance was young and I didn't want to move out of town and, and do a long, try to do a long distance thing. So I made the right choice. Like I, I gave up the job for the girl, but the girl stuck around. So um, 100% the right choice. But that was that was where the sparks really started to fly and, and, and you know, married and, and here we are. 
Well, congratulations. I mean, I would give up. Yeah, I would give up a job for for my spouse. Yeah, absolutely. And just because he's listening to this either. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, all friends will. I feel like I'm your work spouse. So I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) See, I have the best of both worlds. I get you with work. And so it, it doesn't matter. I don't have to choose. That's right. That's right. Oh my goodness. So Jenny, and then in this process, you have a new career, essentially. You have a new family life. Is running part of your daily life at this point? Um, not really. It, it, it was it was a little bit, um, but I was like, we were married in 2000 and, because now I got to get my numbers right. We were married in 2000 and, and what year? All right, hold Four. on. Five. <laughs> Six. <laughs> That's not a multiple choice. <laughs> nope. Six. Final answer. We were married in 2006 because I graduated in 04. She graduated in 05, and we got married the following the following year after that. So, just had to, to get my numbers straight there for a second. Um, but uh, I didn't go to grad school until uh, 08, 09. So, so okay. like the, the academic year 2007, okay. 2008, 2008, 2009. So I was still very much in the in the non running phase. But she was much more of a runner. Um, than I was like to the point where, and, and I, I, she doesn't believe me about this. This is one of those that she blocked it out, but a hundred percent this happened multiple times. We, we would go for a run um, because when her final year in college, when we had first started dating, um, the college campus is right on like a three mile lake. And so there's people there running all the time. It's, it's, it's like kind of, it, I mean, it's just like 24 hours a day, literally there's people running at this lake. And so we would go run on the lake once in a while. And she would do the annoying thing where she would like run up a hundred yards in front of me and then like run back and then like run backwards in front of me. Like, come on, slow poke. Like, let's go. What it's taking you so long. And then she'd run up again and then rinse and repeat for the, the three miles around the lake. Um, so she didn't exactly help motivate me to become the, the runner that I am today. In fact, maybe pushed me away from it a little bit. Um, but yeah, we, we running wasn't part of my life when when she got in, involved, and now now we are doing a little bit more running together. She she kind of had, had not necessarily intentionally walked away from running for a while, but kind of gotten less into it, it. It went on the back burner, but now it's it's back something that she's done, does a lot more of. Um, but now, if I wanted to, I could be the guy that's running up and back and telling her to. But hurry you're not going to do that, clearly. You're going to be the no easier, bigger man. No better. Absolutely. <laughs> Smack talk having. I feel like we need to have her on now. Be like, listen here. He was talking some major game, so I think we need to do a 5K challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down, but like. <laughs> I am curious. Do you feel like your relationship changed when running was introduced into more of your daily life since you actually weren't that big of a runner prior to? That's a, that's an interesting question. I don't I don't know, I don't know that it, it changed that much. It, it was it was like we we in those those earlier days there was a lot of of like just missing in terms of overlapping. Like she ran a bit more again when we were in when we were in Tennessee for when I was in grad school, um, but we were never really able to run together because all of my running was happening at track practice or when we were on the road, and it wasn't something that I was looking forward enough to do on my on our off days. Um, and then when we moved back to, to Florida and I really kind of started to, to get into running a bit more, um, it was just kind of, you know, something that, that she was on the, the decline, I guess, for her. So it was just like never quite lined up. Um, but again, in the last couple of few years, um, I don't know that it's, it's, it's not been a key part of our relationship It's something that we've done together, but we've done more runs together, you know, and it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, it's been a good thing for sure. 
um, but running is not, at least to this point, hasn't really been a central part of our relationship or a, a, a big part of our relationship. But, you know, I, I could see that being more of, of an us time thing. Um, maybe a little intention needs to be put in behind it too, but I could see that happening in the not too distant future. Got to get some run dates on the books. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So we're going to transition a little bit from the conversation of the household because you guys are going to be planning a 5K um, runoff <laughs> here soon to see who takes that, takes the gold. But until then, I don't want to spur on any more of that smack talking just in case. I want to know how did you decide, okay, you become a coach, you've got your blog going, where did it naturally progress? Because let's be honest, you got into podcasting before podcasting blew up to what it is today where practically everybody has their own podcast. You were one of like the pioneers of podcasting. What made you transition into it? Oh man, um, I mean, it, I guess kind of the same way. I don't know if it's the same way, but like you know, just word of mouth. Somebody, somebody mentioned podcast as as an opportunity to to learn. Like I was still new in kind of self employment and entrepreneurship and whatnot, mm-hmm. and um, somebody I'd met through like a local business uh, networking business community type of thing. Was like, dude, you should you should check out podcasts. There's a lot of good podcasts out there that would be something that you could you could learn from. And like, I had a little bit of exposure to podcasts prior to that, uh-huh. but all of my exposure was like, oh five, oh six, when it was it was a it was a pain in the tuchus to like hook your iPad <laughs> up to the to the computer to to download the, the podcast to iTunes and then sync it to your to your device every day. Uh, but back then, it felt like at least for my ex- my experience, it was all like the morning radio talk shows, and they would just throw their their right. program up on iTunes for people that you know missed they they caught twenty minutes in the car and missed the other three hours, so you could listen to the whole thing. And that's all I was listening to. So I was like, podcast, like whatever, like I don't need you know yik and yak in the morning as as like what is that going to help me <laughs> with with business stuff? And he was like, no, dude, like it's it's different now. Check it out. Yeah. So I like I, I looked and I started getting into some of the entrepreneurial type of things and and. Um, just kind of decided to to, to try it um, and and join some of the the different podcasting groups that were out there at the time and and kind of set up my my first show which was Better Health 101 which I thought was a super clever title I don't know if it still is or not but um, there was there wasn't anything to really compete I was with say, so. guarantee if we if we look for a Better Health 101 there's at least a couple out there nowadays I would think if Probably. not you're just you're you're giving somebody an idea of starting their own yeah take it <laughs> run with it like I it, I don't even know if you can find it I, I don't even know if it's still alive but um, was doing that as as kind of a health general health fitness plug along with my personal training type of uh, stuff. Um, and it was just a solo show and, and was doing it a couple times a week and like that. And that was like early 2014, like, like February, March of 2014. And by the time June was rolling around or, or May, June, I was just kind of like, I was enjoying it, but was, I don't know. I guess I thought that a, an interview type of show or a show with a guest would be easier because you didn't have to come up with all the content your own. Like you could just have a conversation, right? Um, only to find out that scheduling people and aligning schedules and all the things like it's still <laughs> it a lot of work own, yeah it has its own set of different yeah 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 and it's you know there's more editing involved when you've got two people talking like just there's there's a lot more to it but uh naively i was like oh i could just do a running like i could like running is something i'm enjoying at this point like I, I i like talking to runners um so like yeah i'll do it like it'll be no it'll be you know no big deal to put that together and so i was doing both for like a month or two and i was just like no this is this is too much 
Um, but I'm really liking the running thing. I'm really liking the, the conversations that I'm having. And so just put my put my focus there on, on I guess the, the show started on July 1st of 2014. And, you know, here we are 2022, still still rolling with it and never had any plans of, of doing it for this long. But, you know, it, it it's kind of become a thing and I still enjoy it. So we're going to keep doing it. I love that you mentioned that you're still in season one. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, no seasons here. We are season one, episode a thousand something. <laughs> I, I love that. And I also love that you are coming up on your 10 year anniversary before you know it. So I wonder, are you going to have a big Diz Runs surprise? And by the way, I don't know. I mean, Shelby, I, are you yik or am I yak? I mean, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm yik and you're a yak. Okay. For sure. <laughs> I am not weighing in on that discussion at all. Um, <laughs> no, like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I haven't thought about it, but yeah, we're, we're a year and a half ish from, or I guess just over two years now still, but whatever, whatever the details are, like it, it, it'll be 10 years before too much longer. Um, but yeah, I, I probably won't plan anything because planning and, and me are, are not synonymous with each other. Um, if I do, it'll be like, oh, well, it's, it's June 14th and, you know, it'll be, it'll be 10 years in two weeks. I should probably think of something to do to celebrate 10 years. Um, that's okay. When Christine I, said 10 years, I'm like, Christine, I'm like that math's wrong. Like, I'm getting ready to like mark this down to edit. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm like 2014. Oh, yeah. 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 Anywho. It's wild. It goes so fast. Yeah. Uh, that'll be that'll be one of those that I'll have to throw out to the to the community and be like, yeah. So if y'all want to do something to celebrate a ten year thing, like just somebody put it together and I'll be there. Um, and we've had success with that in the past. So maybe for a ten year anniversary, we could have success with something like that. Now, if you could have any person, any person on your podcast for your ten year anniversary, I know you're shaking your head like, don't do that to me. But terrible question. Who, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's exactly why I'm answer. I'm asking it. Who would it be? You don't even have to give a why. You just have to say who it would be. Oh my God, you can't give the answer without a why, but okay. We'll, we'll pretend like we're not gonna ask you a why. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, oh, I know, it's just mean. This is totally mean. You know, we have, we have plenty of time for you to think on it. You don't have to answer it right now. Maybe let it percolate in your brain with those coffee beans that are hidden up there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many that you could choose. Like, do you go personal? Do you go a runner? Do you go an elite? Do you, I mean, it wouldn't go elite. That's an easy one. Oh. I, 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 um, I felt your stress level rise with that one. Like, don't, yeah, don't like you yeah. just made this well, even that's, worse. This is a slam dunk. That's an easy one. But like, like I don't know. Like, it, it would, it would. I would like it to be some someone probably personal. Like my my wife was on. She was probably on for about like the five-year anniversary mark, so maybe it would be good to circle back with her at, at ten years. Um, maybe, and this this might be projecting and playing heartstrings a little bit, but like my daughter was born two two weeks after the podcast started, so like that could be a fun one, like a daddy-daughter run type of situation. That's exactly where my brain went. I'm like, uh, yeah. you should have your daughter. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I still, I still got two years ish to figure it out, so I got I got plenty of time. And it and it could just be you know like whoever I happen to be talking to, like like somebody that I find on on Twitter that I've never really talked to before. Like like I'm cool with that too. But um, yeah, I mean maybe for ten years you kind of got to do something a little bit more than just the the, the, the run of the mill situation. And and it, and Addy and Daddy could be could be could be. 
something would be worthwhile. Oh my goodness, you even have the title for it perfectly. I mean, it rhymes. Friends, we're gonna go ahead and pull back, if you want, into an optional walk here while we continue to put Denny on that hot seat in three, two, and one. I do love that. And again, congratulations. It sounds like going the distance, be it podcast or marriage, relationships, being an entrepreneur, that seems to be your thing. So let's talk a little bit more about that, especially as we go into our next segment about going the distance and talking about your running. Because I see that you have started your own 50 states bid. And I know that with a move, that may be a little bit on the back burner, but I'm curious about that if you're willing to tell us more. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's been on the back burner for a while between, between pandemic life and moving life um, and even just having, having a kid eight years ago like that that slowed that slowed the travel budget down a little bit too but i mean i can't imagine why those kids are really expensive but if i mean they ruin everything they're they're awesome but we love them anyway so any parents out there we feel the pain let's go ahead and bring it back in to our next conversational pace this one for 20 minutes as we talk about 50 states with denny in three two and one yeah, so I don't remember go. exactly exactly when it started. Probably in that in that 2010 2011 range. I ran my first marathon in, in 2010, um, woefully unprepared, but or underprepared. Uh, probably unprepared would be a, the best way of, of describing it. But um, at that point, like I was kind of into into running enough, and like you know, I had the Runners World magazine subscription and things like that. And somewhere, probably in Runners World, but somewhere I, I kind of heard about people doing this this 50 state thing of running a running a race whether it's a half or a full or, or any race distance they wanted to um but using it as an excuse to kind of see the country and and run some races and things like that and it, you know just kind of casually mentioned it that, like that would be a fun a fun goal you know for the for the rest of our our lives or the rest of my life to just kind of you know chip away a little bit here and there and everywhere and uh Rebecca, my, my wife was just like, well, yeah, but as long as I can come with you, like that's, that's the rank. You know? Yeah. Like, family rankation. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to go to all these places. Like I'm going to come too. That was in the um, vows. Yeah. Pretty much. There somewhere. Pretty much. Yeah. So, so it was just like, all right, well, we can, we can think about making it a thing. And, and, um, you know, you, I, I, I guess I thought, I didn't think about all the logistics of travel, like living in the, the central Florida, the peninsula of Florida, like you're not really close to anywhere. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're four and a half hours to Georgia, but that's like the closest state and everything else is, is even farther. Um, but so yeah, whatever, let's, let's do it. Uh, and so I kind of made, made that the goal of running a marathon in every state. Um, and at this point, I think I'm, I'm, it depends on how you want to count it, which is a ridiculous way of saying it. Cause like there's 50 States. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but, but I ran, I ran the Marine Corps marathon a few years ago. So it's, it's the, you know, some, sometimes it's 50 States plus DC yeah. or sometimes it's just the 50 States and DC doesn't count or whatever. Uh, but I've got 10 States for sure. And then DC is either the 11th out of 51 or it doesn't count out of 50. Um, which I'm fine either way. Like, like I'm not going to count, like I already had a Virginia marathon anyway. So like I couldn't even really count Marine Corps as Virginia. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, 20% of the way there. And, you know, at the rate that I'm going on, I might, I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get there, but, you know, now that we've moved and now that we've settled in and now I live in Georgia and I haven't, you know, is Georgia being the state closest to Florida? You'd think I would have had that off the list. I haven't run a, a Georgia marathon yet. So, um, now I've got, I've got home field advantage, I guess, to try to find a Georgia marathon. Um, and then just kind of keep, keep chipping away from there. I've got, I've got most of the rest of the Southeast. So it's, it's still going to require a little bit more travel. 
Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there just you know, one state at a time. I think that that's like actually the perfect one step at a time. So friends that are rolling through right here, right now, this is a great reminder to check in with that form and just keep at it going one step at a time or tackling one state at a time, if that's your goal. And that's really all you can do. I too have not run in Georgia, which is weird. I've traveled into it, but it just hasn't ever come up. So I can't wait to hear which race you decide to make your first home state race up there. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it hasn't bubbled to the surface yet. There's there's actually like a half that maybe I might do that's kind of local uh, around Thanksgiving. Um, it just depends on if we're going to stay here for Thanksgiving or go to my in-laws because then if we're going back down to Daytona, then, it, then that throws that throw, throws a wrench into the, the local race plan. Um, and I don't, like I said, I, I don't plan, so I, I don't know what we're doing a month and a half from now. Um, I probably should check with my wife because she is the planner. She probably has already, you know, everything, everything, down to the T, but um, but yeah, as far as first marathons, we're a couple hours from Atlanta, so there's a couple options there. Um, who knows? We'll figure that out. It, it'll happen somewhere probably relatively soon because just the convenience of travel and logistics will be there versus other states. But um, I don't know. We'll 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 cross that bridge when we get there because stranger things have happened than you know some random trip somewhere. And you're like, oh shoot, there happens to be a marathon. Yeah, like, yeah let's that's, do that that's as what well. Was fun to do as well, which. Actually, it sounds kind of like how you got into that first marathon being a little undertrained. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I love how both of you are like, oh, yeah, I've done a couple states here, a couple states there. Meanwhile, I've never ran anywhere other than Florida. But, well, you ever. live in South Florida. So like Denny was saying, getting anywhere out of South Florida. And people don't understand. It's a journey. Like, when you talk, yeah, when you talk to other people, like maybe from the Northeast or Europeans, and it's like, I've pretty much just been in Florida, and they don't get that. It's, it's a big state. It doesn't necessarily look that way, but it really is. Well, plus we're all crazy and like traveling to another state or another country is like an hour south, an hour west. Like it, yeah. it is a whole different world. It would actually probably be easier to tackle doing a race on every island in the Caribbean than it is doing the 50 states here. To be honest, it's probably cheaper too. So. I mean, in all honesty, I'm, I'm not against that plan. So let's, maybe let's we'll have to make that a next challenge. <laughs> So, Denny, you mentioned, of course, you you were a fellow Florida, I don't know if you were a native, it doesn't sound like you were a native, but you lived here for quite some time. Yes. And then, yeah, I, and then you've left us. I left, yeah. How are you, enough. How are, you, how are you dealing with your running being a little different? I assume weather is a little different, maybe elevation changes, any of those? Yeah, the elevation, the elevation thing is is real. Um, and, and, and we don't live in the mountains. We live in the rolling hills. Um, but it's 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 taken a little getting used to. Um, the weather is better for for sure. Um, I mean, we're still obviously you know, in, in Georgia. It's it's still far enough south that like I'm glad to not have to deal with real winter or things like that. But you know we're re- recording this in, in early October and like it felt like fall this morning. It was it was like 49, 50 degrees out there for, for my run this morning, which isn't proper cold, but it's not you know hot and sweaty and, yeah. and humid either. Like it was it was very comfortable out there. Um, but yeah, like like there is nothing flat. There's some trails that are kind of flat, like a, like a, like trails along rivers and things like that. Um, but like our neighborhood, like I can get six, seven miles through the neighborhood without without repeating a whole lot. But there's nothing flat here. Like it's all either up or it's down or it's up and it's down. And 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 it's 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 ridiculous. Like I had a, a six mile route in my old neighborhood that I would run just about every day. And 
my elevation according to Strava would be like 36 feet over six miles. Like, and it was it was literally because I would start my watch when I walked out of the door, and then like there's like the three foot decline through the driveway to the street, and that was that was like you know a, a tenth of my my elevation change was just because I started my watch at the front door instead of when I got to the street. Um, and the only elevation change was that I would jump from the street up to the sidewalk or or something like that because there was traffic or or whatever. Um, and now my six mile route is like, I mean, it's like 10 X it's three, three eighty, three hundred, four hundred feet, something like that, which again, it's not like massive, yeah. yes, but it's it just, yeah. it's just never ends. It's just always that you're up or you're always coming down. Um, which I think, you know, like for various races that I may run in other States where there, there are good mountains or there's a lot more Hills and things like that. I mean, obviously that's going to be helpful because training for hilly races in Florida, you know, is just find an overpass and run back and forth or just or hope for the best. Lot. And, yeah, I mean, like yeah, in a parking right. garage, it's it's, cra- it's crazy the difference. And I always try to like preface that when people tell me, oh, it's not, it's a pretty flat course. I'm like, is it Florida flat? Because unless if you are saying Florida flat, I have to say that it's not quite the same. So... Flat, like speed, <laughs> like, like it's all relative. Hot, cold, it's all relative to what you're used to. I mean, exactly right. Because I was cold this morning. It was 63 degrees. We are freezing down here in Florida. <laughs> I have jeans on it is very it is pretty much winter here okay i had to wear oh, closed-toed shoes and i was not running how dare oh. you say that's not freezing i feel like this that's, is the point in the podcast true. where everybody is gonna like especially our friends that are up in the northeast or dealing with winter all or winter type temperatures for us already are gonna just turn this out they're just gonna never come yeah. back to the <laughs> to this episode listen it's like when they say they have thunderstorms <laughs> and i'm using air quotes here florida thunderstorms are basically like everybody else's hurricanes that's okay. and our hurricanes would be like a tsunami so yeah. again all relative, <laughs> all relative it's fine but now i have to know with the quest of doing all 50 states we all talk about like our bucket lists and i love to talk about running bucket lists so with the bigger vision of having the 50 marathons in the 50 states, is there one marathon that you're jonesing to do that you haven't already? Not really. Um, I mean, the Boston Marathon, I guess, would be the answer. Like, that's that's the race I really want to do. Um, but I I almost think I, I more just want for some some internal, I don't know if it's even validation, but like like the quest is to, to be cute. Mm-hmm. Um and then like like running Boston will be like I'm I'm excited about that possibility and and, and um, just experiencing the whole hoopla of the, the craziness that is the Boston Marathon. Um, but definitely like my plan is to just like cruise that one like whatever six hours like yes so, like like somebody's handing out brats yes we're having a brat like somebody's you know there's there's beer at, at mile twenty yeah, yeah bring it absolutely. on like like <laughs> like whatever like I, we're just gonna we're just gonna chill and take as much time as we can on, on that day. Um, I so appreciate that though, that you want to be cute just to be able to run Boston, but in no way, shape or form, are you going to take it any, any hardcore seriousness after that, which I think that's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Because I'm actually shocked when people say that they want to beat you at Boston, like for the next year. And I'm like, why would you do that? It's such an incredible experience. So I have to ask Denny, are you asking for permission to get one of the infamous kisses at the screen tunnel? from the gals out there. <laughs> is that something that Mrs. Diz is aware of being a thing? I, I think she's not aware. And I think that, that, you know, what you don't know doesn't always hurt. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I, you know, I'll, I'll probably be a good boy, but like, like, yeah, you know, that, that's, the that's pandemic again may change that. It may not changes be a thing how you anymore, view yeah. that for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, but no, I mean, just, just, just the whole, the, the whole experience, like, and, and not that I'm like a, a student of Boston, but like, you know, I mean, been paying attention for, for enough years that kind of know a few things and talk to folks about it. But like, like my, you know, I'll be the one with, with my, my finishing place and my bib number will not line up. Um, I will be way lower than my than my bib number, whatever my bib number happens to be. Like we're, we're just going to take our time and cruise. But beyond that, like I don't really have any like super. This is the race I want to do, um, in large part because I don't really like big races uh, as far as like you know the, the 20, 30,000 people races. So it's like like I would rather just find some race that's some like oh there's one hundred and eighty people that run this marathon and it's you know in, in Podunk wherever and like. Yes, like that sounds more fun to me, um, which helps in that, you know, every state has at least a few of those. So it's not like I just want to run Chicago or I just want to run New York or what, like I'll take some random upstate Pocono, you know, whatever marathon in, in, up in, the, in the Catskills over New York City. Now, would I run New York City with the opportunity? Probably. Um, but I think I'd have a better time at some small little whatever race in, 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 in whatever, you know, in, in Birmingham or in Potsdam or something like that. <laughs> um, just cause like, I like the, the laid back flow and like, I like not having to be there four hours before right. the race starts. Like I like being there 15 minutes before the yeah. race starts and just roll out of the car and cruise. So, um, so because of that, like, I don't know what, what the random marathon is in, in, you know, North Dakota. I mean, there's Fargo, but that's, I don't know if that's the, the random one. Um, although it's North Dakota and my, and my North Dakota friends, like, I love y'all, but I just, you just always the, the butt of my, why would I ever go to North Dakota joke is, is North Dakota. Um, but we'll find a race out there to run and whether it's Fargo so or something else, we'll do it. The universe, because eventually, I mean, you may end up writing as your home address one day, North Dakota. If you like, you just, you have to be careful. The universe has a funny sense of humor. <laughs> I suppose it's possible, but I'm not going to say never, because if I say never, I know. then it's a certain. It's like in Coyote Ugly, where she's from Piedmont, North Dakota. But I actually think, if I remember correctly, Piedmont's actually in South Dakota, not North Dakota. So I'm not, I'm not great that, with geography. I'm not surprised to hear that the Coyote Ugly writers may not have been fact checking that much though. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my geography learning is movies and and <laughs> randomness. But now, Denny, you are a community type of runner. You're very open with the fact that you love all runners. You just love people running. So when you're not racing for a PR or time, are you that guy in races? that's just having a ball? Like, do you do costumes? Do you just cheer people on? Like, what, do you just, Diz just exude from your body all the time? Drinking beer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stopping for brats and drinking yeah. beer, 100%. <laughs> um, I'm definitely not wearing a costume. Like, like I I am, I again, I'm all in on, you do what, what you want to do. And, and um, if you want to get all dressed up for a Halloween race or a Disney race or a whatever, insert whatever themed race here, uh, go for it. Um, I, I, that's, that's not my, like, I don't get dressed up for, I don't get dressed up for life. Like I wear running clothes. Like I wear running clothes when I'm running. I wear running clothes when I'm not running. Um, like that's just, that's just how I, how I roll on that front. But, but yeah, like if I'm, if I'm not really racing, um, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those, like, like read the room. Like if it's, if it's, if it's the type of race where everybody's got their headphones in and they're just kind of cruising along and they're doing their thing, then like, that's cool. Like, I'm not going to bother anybody. Um, but if, if, you know, people are wanting to chat a little bit and like, I'm just kind of cruising along, like, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll chat along and we're just kind of cruising along. No big deal. Um, and I, I've done that several, like there was, <laughs> there was a, a, the ultra I ran in the fall where like you're cruising along and, and there's nobody for, for miles. And then like towards the end, I, I came across a, a, a lady that was way out in front of me, but then it's some, you know, as, as you do over a 45 mile race, like it's, she was in a rough patch. And so like, I just kind of cruised up and we were, I mean, we were on the final lap. We were like three miles from the finish line. I was just like, let's go. Like, she's like, no, I can't. I was like, I'm not leaving yet at this point. Like, like let's go. And so we just kind of cruised it in. And, and so I'm, I'm down for, for spreading the love, but also, you know, if, if, if people want to do their own thing and just have their headphones in, then, then I'll, I'll play that game too. Um, but I'm not going to play any game in costume. Like, that's just not, not an option. So our wait, did you just say no or did you say never? We're going to have to roll I, back. I said no. I okay. said no and not an option. Okay. I say never, ever, ever set your heart to it. There's a couple questions that come to mind from that. First is you opened up the door for ultras and I wanted to discuss that because I was actually surprised when you said Boston based off the fact that I would have thought maybe you would have chosen ultra or maybe even do trail run because I've always got the idea that you're more of a potential like hybrid runner with road races and trail running. Yeah, definitely a definitely a hybrid. Um, but in, in large part, I I think that was due to, to mostly circumstance. Like I think I think all things equal, like the trail, just the low key, you know, especially the kind of the, the, the stereotypical ultra trail vibe, like is right. is me. Like that's right. that's definitely more me. Um, and and I kind of blame this on I don't blame it on Florida, but like like there weren't any trails super, you know, it's 20, 30 minute drive to get to the trails. Yeah. And so like, if you're going to run for an hour and you got 30 minutes there and 30 minutes back, well, now you need a two hour, two hour and 15 minute window to get your, get your hour long run in. Um, and then plus, you know, running trails in Florida, like there's some good trails, but a lot of them, it's just through the swamps. Yeah. And so it's just like, like it's not, they're, they're beautiful for, for what they are, but it's like, you know, you can only jump over alligators so many times before you're just like, this is, this is not, ah, I don't know. Um, it's a so steeple chase here, in Florida. I mean, yeah, I disagree. Yeah. I think running out, like jumping over alligators is the best that you can get all the time. I'd, I'd rather an alligator than a black bear, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> but trail so, running so, is so, definitely so, so, more of your jam, I would assume, in Georgia. I, I think it has the possibility, but it's still, you know, it still comes down to somewhat to convenience. Again, you know, like I can walk out my door mm-hmm. and I've got six, seven, eight miles just in our, in our subdivision. Um, without going anywhere. And so I'm still trying to figure out where there's good trails. Um, and I think I found some that aren't too far away, but again, it's, it still gets in the car. You still got to get in the car to, to get there. Um, so I don't know if that, it'll be a more, I, I think it'll be a more frequent thing, but I still don't think it'll be a regular thing. Like it'll be more of a special occasion treat to go get on the trails once in a while versus, you know, just get out and go and cruise. And, and it's just easier, easier logistically for me on the roads, I guess. Now, I have not done an ultra. Christine, you haven't done one, right? Mm-mm. No, I mean, okay. I think that anytime you do a marathon, especially like you said, Denny, those big city races, if you want to count the fact that you're going to be walking miles and miles to the start line and miles and right. miles to the finish line, the miles have been put in, but not an official ultra. So I've got to ask because we've never experienced it. I've heard the food at the aid stations on ultras are legendary. Is it all hype or is it that good? Because I, I always need food. Well, you know, again, it's going to it's going to depend on on your races. You know, some of the races, the bigger, fancier races have a, a bigger, fancier spread. Um, but yeah, any any ultra is going to have some some food options. It just depends on if it, if it hits all the marks for you. But, you know, usually you've got you've got some PB&J, you've got some chips, you've got some some uh, cookies, uh, different candies, lots of fruits and veggies, you know, fresh stuff. 
Uh, pickles are, are a, a, a mandatory option at, at just about every aid station. No chicken Alfredo, um, a la Michael Scott in oh the office. Gosh, that sounds horrible. That's- I mean, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound appealing at all. I haven't seen anything that intense. Um, soups sometimes. Soups are a big thing. Um, sometimes you get the the griddle going. You get the grilled cheese, or you get the the uh, quesadillas, things I would like totally that. Run so, for grilled cheese. There's no. I would chance. do a quesadilla. <laughs> Bring it on. You know, and, and it, again, it depends on the race. It depends on the duration, too. The, your longer races, if it's, you know, I think the sweet spot is to do like a 50K that's also part of like a 100K or a 100 miler because you get all the spread for the, the 100K and 100 mile crew, especially if it's like a loop type of course. But you're only out there for, you know, a third to, to half the distance. So, like, you, you, you know, only. You, you can, yeah, only. <laughs> Well, it's all relative, right? But like, you can still get the quesadillas, you can still get the the the, the, the fancy foods, the the, the quote unquote real foods, um, but you're not going to be out there for, you know, 18, 19, 22, 24, 36 hours. Like, so I don't know. Like, that's that's a good a good window in terms of having having the food, but not quite as many miles. Or you could just volunteer to work that griddle station. I mean, like, you don't have to go I mean, out there and run. Too. You can just make right. your you own grill cheese. You grilled cheese you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Life hacks right here. If you ever wanted to know how to really just band it in a good way, uh, ultra. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Just volunteer. So with that, we're going to have one more 60-second walk coming up. And, of course, it's optional. Or you can pump up the pace a little bit. But let's do it in three, two, and one. And I'm so glad that we started talking about food because, Denny, if you can stick around for our next segment, this is where we do talk all about brunch and food. And we've already talked about some of our favorites because I am, like, going to make myself a grilled cheese as soon as we're done here, probably. I was just thinking. I'm like, I'm going to have a quesadilla for lunch. Like, this is the real reason we started a podcast was just to figure out the ever-loving question in adulthood of what's for dinner. (laughs) What's for dinner? And when in doubt, get some cheese or tortilla, stick some stuff in it, and voila. Yeah. You can't go wrong with melted cheese. Even if you're a vegan, some vegan melted cheese is... It hits the right spot. It's the ooey gooeyness we all need and love. Comfort food. Yeah. Yes. And I think as runners, you kind of need the extra, like, salt from cheesiness. Um, again, I'm just justifying every possible opportunity to go out for a run and then have lots of delicious food afterwards. So, friends, this is a time where you should also check in with your fueling and your hydration. We're going to go up into our final segment and talk a little bit more about food in three, two, and one. Denny, we have a team captain designation, and Yik, I think, is team savory, and Yak over here, I'm captain of team sweet for brunch foods. Pick a team, friend. Who are you going to... And remember, this checklist is still going, so choose wisely. <laughs> so it's got to be team savory then, right? Because Shelby's in charge I, I of the checklist. Kind of, I kind of felt like it would be a team savory for you after, after you mentioned the beer and brats, but just, just wanted to double check. Yeah, yeah. I... I um, fly counter, I guess, to a lot of, of at least the diet side, nutrition side of, of running wisdom or whatever. Like I'm, I'm kind of a low carb ish kind of guy. Um, I don't know. We can get into that if you want. We don't have to, but that, that definitely like, like I don't do pancakes. I don't do waffles. I don't do all that, that type of, of fun breakfasty foods. Like it's, it's the eggs, it's the, the potatoes, maybe. It's it's definitely the, the bacon and the sausage and, and that type of stuff for me at, at breakfast time. So, you know, maybe throw some cheese on it too. You melt the cheese, like that's that that's a win. Um, but but definitely the, the the savory breakfast foods is is my jam. I feel like that's a because you're a Michigander 
born and raised, right? So I feel like that's more of a Michigander thing, too. Like the the classic good old American breakfast, some eggs, some bacon or sausage, and just keeping it simple. So I I need to know, is that really how it's phrased? Is it Michigander? Is that that a word? I didn't know that. 100%. Okay. Listen, Christine, you can't be as hip to the jive as all of us. (laughs) I'm excited that, like, I'm just... Uh, I know Floridian, and that's about it. Um, it's only because I have family in Michigan. Okay, Michigander. I was born in Tampa, and let me tell you, that is not a good. You don't want to add anything to it because it just doesn't like. Usually, you're a tampon. <laughs> I'm like, can we just let's just say I'm a native Floridian because I, I just don't see how that conversation goes well, especially not with brunch. So, okay, so you have to pick. Sausage or bacon for breakfast? What's on your plate? Sausage. Is it really what? I'm so, okay, if I'm picking one, it's definitely bacon. So is that also a Michigander thing or just a Diz thing? No, I, it's probably a Diz thing. Like I'm, I'm a very, so, all right, I'm going to hedge a little bit. Okay. Like good, good bacon is in the conversation, but like. It's rare to find. It's, it's hard to find, mm-hmm. especially if you're going out, right? Like, like you go out. Nine times out of ten, the bacon is either crisp AF or it's halfway to raw. And, like, I mean, I'm going to eat either one, but, like, I'm not going to enjoy either one. Um, but, like, sausage, whether it's a link or a patty, like, it's like you can you can overcook them, but it's hard to. And it's rare that, that at a restaurant they'll, they'll err on the side of undercooking sausage. So, like, it's just, to me, it's the safer bet. Okay. Um, and then also, like, at home, we have... We have good bacon at home. Like my wife tends to make very, very well. Um, so then sausage also becomes a special treat because it's not something that we have as, as often at home. So like whether it's a, it's out or it's it's the occasional treat at home, like like bacon's just it's just is it a step above for me. Is it regular bacon or do you get spicy and have like maple pepper bacon? Um, usually like borderline regular there's maybe some hickory but usually not like the spicy crazy all flavorful if you can't tell i take like regular things and just can't leave well enough alone i've got to add something to it so i'm not trying to project that on you i'm just trying to see how far from grass-fed butter all the way to like are you doing maple spiced bacon (laughs) listen i'm extra okay well it's fine this is just own being extra so, Denny, we know that you're team savory, and it's okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. You're welcome. You have um, open passage here. I'll, I'll stamp your passport if you ever want to come over to Team Suite. doesn't sound like you'll be visiting very often, and that's okay. But one thing that we haven't talked about yet, you did touch on it a little bit, is you used to be right down the street from Disney, and you used to run quite a bit there. And I know you've actually had quite a few Disney runners on your podcast. So... Do you feel like there's something favorite that you have a favorite Disney treat? Because that one's hard to be team savory on. Unless we're going to say the drumstick. Yeah, that's... No, <laughs> okay. no, no. That's, that's hard to be... Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, so this is... The, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my... This is how I get Disney people on my team, hat. for the record. These are, these are <laughs> hard-quitting questions that we have on time for brunch, Denny. So, please, yeah. choose wisely. So, I feel that the quality of Disney snack has regressed substantially in the last decade plus. Um, I don't know why, but like the pineapple floats used to be really good. Now they're really moon. And like, I know people love them and like, Oh my God, Dole Whip is the best thing ever. Like, no, it's not. It used to be amazing. (laughs) And also for the record, you Disney people, 
you used to be able to walk up to the counter, like not the fancy counter they have now where there's like 47 stands <laughs> for it. Like like the original Sunshine Terrace count, uh, uh, counter where there were three, um, you know, three, three checkout lines or whatever. There was never anybody there. The longest you ever had to wait for a good Dole Whip was like a minute and a half. And now it's like, like you might as well get a fast pass to get a Dole Whip and the Dole Whip's eh. So like, there's not a lot of good treats there anymore, but the, the old school Dole Whips were good. Um, the old school Beaver Tails that used to be at a little shop outside of Canada in the Epcot Center Pavilion, which again, you can't find those anymore, but those, and those were, no, they were nothing more than just fried dough with like toppings on top of them. Like let's mm-hmm. not oversell them, but they were good. Um, <laughs> Those were the good Disney snacks. Now that now that you got me worked up about talking about Disney, I, I feel it. I felt like a meteoric <laughs> rise in your blood pressure here. And can you say that part of the reason why maybe some of these things are so hard to get now? And like you said, like Sunshine Terrace has forty-five people in line. Um, though you probably should be using the app; it helps you. Like you just do mobile checkout and then go ahead. But let's just say. Do you feel like it has to do with podcasting? Because there are so many Disney-focused podcasts and people, like, the tips and tricks are out there. Yeah, no, I, definitely. I, I, you know, whether it's podcasts, whether it's blogs, yeah. whether it's social media, whatever. Like, like the whole, you know, that, that whole process over the last 15 years or so where it was like, like, and I, I get it. And like, I mean, I've, I'm sure I've benefited from like, oh, this, this little trick here, this little thing there. But like, like as a, as a former local, you used to be able to kind of know some of those, those tricks and like, not that you were the only one, but they weren't, everybody didn't know them and now everybody knows them. And so it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's some curmudgeonness about, about that for me, for sure. Is it bad that I'm getting so much joy that like how irate you're getting right now? You're like, you're moving in your seat. Like you're like, the iron that's coming out of this is making me so much. I do love it. Actually, it makes me laugh as well. So we are bringing it back though a little bit to the podcasting and I'm not going to put you quite on the hot seat like Shelby did where you have to pick the one person you'd ever want on. I'm going to do have you do more of a historical look back as you approach your 10 years here shortly. Did you have some favorite guests that you enjoy that you'd want to share with us? I mean, barring of course Shelby and myself. Of course. Naturally. Of course. Duh. <laughs> Same applies when I asked about your guests that may not have been your favorite, <laughs> barring <laughs> Shelby and myself. Um, you know, it's it's the cliche answer, but like, like everybody that I've had the chance to talk to over the last eight years has, has definitely offered a different perspective. Like, like there's there's been takeaways from from every every episode. Um, I think the ones that probably stand out the most were were the times that. I've been able to to talk to somebody on the show that I've had some level of relationship with beforehand, whether it's social media, whether it's people that I've coached, whatever. And like, like you, you, you know, I would know more about them going into it than just like a snapshot than right. just a, a Twitter bio or an Instagram bio or whatever. But like over the course of a 45, 50 minute conversation, like you, you take a, a random turn down Disney snacks and it gets the guy all fired up. Like, yeah. like there's just, there's just those, those random things that kind of come about. And it's like, wait a second, we've, we've known each other for, for, you know, two years, three years, five years, whatever. And I never knew X, Y, Z about you. Right. And and so just having, having the opportunity to, to learn some of those things, um, you know, like, you know, with Shelby, not that we had this long extended, you know, relationship beforehand, but like, I would have, you know, I would have never guessed that Shelby was like a competitive bowler, but like we're talking and all of a sudden she's like, well, yeah, but you know, back when I was bowling in high school, I'm like, wait a minute, were you, well, yeah, like it was like a team sport. Like we went to the, the 
championships and things like wait a minute what like like just having the ability to take that turn and and you know some of those random things i've learned about people that i i again that i knew more than just like i don't know who this person is but they sound interesting somebody recommended them like let's have them on the show um so there's my way to kind of dodge the question without naming names. That's, that's okay. But I like it. Like it's me saying it. I'm the favorite. I hear you because I ball. <laughs> we got to make sure we get a couple more checks on the checklist before we yeah. wrap up today. I also like to hear that you have mentioned, or you mentioned at least when we chatted, that you kind of consider yourself an introvert. Do you think that that's what lends yourself to wanting to have this podcast conversation that you have where you kind of allow yourself to be able to get to know people more? It gives you an opportunity to delve into all the questions that you may have that you would have normally asked maybe of these people? That's a, that's an interesting way of... Like, yes, probably. I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it that way before. Um, but it's definitely, you know, again, we got somebody and it's just one-on-one or, or a couple times it's been, you know, we've had a couple, you know, a husband and wife or something like that. Um, but like you, you get into a lot more depth and breadth and that's, that's definitely something that I, that I appreciate. And, and, you know, one of the things I don't like is like, I like social media for a lot of things, but I don't like it for just how surface superficial and surface level it, it, it tends to be. Uh-huh. And just everything's 15 seconds or it's just, you know, you got six seconds while they're scrolling past to get their attention. I think it's like 2.5 um, seconds now is what yeah, it's, whatever yeah. it is now. it's like a blink. And so, <laughs> so with the podcast, it's like, like you've got time to, to, to dig a in a little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think for me as, as an introvert, like I said, I don't know if I've ever thought about this, but like, like I'm cool with talking to people one-on-one or in a small group, but like put me in a big room of like a networking function. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't happening. Like I'm going to be standing by the door looking at my watch going, well, it's, I've been here for two and a half minutes and it's time for me to, to me go now. Um, but with the podcast, like, like a lot of times on, on, on the good days, which is more often than the bad days, it's like, I feel like we're just getting warmed up. And I look at the clock, oh, it's been, it's been an hour. Like we got to go, like we got to wrap this thing up um, and, and, and been able to make some type of meaningful connection in that time. And, and that actually is exactly how we're going to go ahead and go into our cool down friend. So, Denny, we're going to go ahead and have you, if you still have time, join us with Coffee with the Coaches. Do you have that time? I've got all day. Yay. Our Coffee with the Coaches question comes to us from Kirsten Leeper. And Kirsten takes her coffee hot with collagen and creamer. Kind of a little bit there like that grass-fed butter, maybe. And she goes on to ask or to let us know a little bit of background that she's planning to run walk her first marathon in December. First of all, congratulations there, Kirsten. Should I use an interval timer for all of my training runs is her question. She's using Galloway's suggested intervals based on her mile time. So Denny, since you're our guest with us today, if you're okay with it, I'm going to let you lead in responding to that question. I think that that's probably the way to go is to stick with the timer, especially with that. And I'm not always the one that's like, you've trained this way, so you have to do it this way. Um, but I think first marathon, like that's a big pill to swallow. And I don't want to say the last thing you want to do, but something that could easily happen if you're like, oh, I'll just, I'll save the timer for later in the race when I might need a little bit more of that encouragement of stopping and starting. Um, it's pretty easy from very much firsthand experience to get a little overzealous in the first part of your first marathon and really be like, oh God, I feel great. Like, and I'm just going to run more or lose track of your intervals and run a little bit more without that reminder. And um, 
you can pay for that in a big way on the last you know eight ten miles if you if you burn too much energy unintentionally in the first you know 10 15 18 miles so i think that the the timer could be a really good tool to keep you in check for the first three to five miles and could be something that you'll be really thankful for that you did potentially in the last three to five miles of having hopefully a little plenty of gas in the tank to get across the finish line okay i love that and would you suggest for her to utilize the timer throughout her training or do you think there's a couple of runs that she may want to tackle without the timer um i mean in in training is a good time to play with some of those options um especially maybe for for a shorter run you know like like if you only again it's all relative but if you're only doing a four or five miler and you've been used to doing the timer and you just want to see like could i run four miles without without any walk breaks or could i could i just do one every mile or something like that where i don't need the the, the exact you know whatever it is two minutes and 30 seconds or 30 or whatever the intervals are um it could be it could be a fun experiment um so so there's options there but i you know i think that that I mean, 26.2 miles for the first time is a lot and so being as comfortable with with everything as possible going into it is is helpful right right okay well we got that what do you think coach shelby what would you say that she should do so i'm similar so i will say like denny said the marathon is a whole beast of its own um so the answer definitely depends a lot on the runner if it's first marathon so just taking this question if it's your first marathon i i personally wouldn't say on all your runs you have to use the timer i would definitely suggest on long runs you are using that timer like you would on race day um but like denny said if you're going out for three four miles and you already have an established base at that mileage I don't see any harm with going out without a timer um and running straight through if that feels good um one caveat I will say though if you're feeling like you're struggling on those three miles four miles and going out too fast because you're just plowing through and running them straight through and you're feeling like you're not keeping them easy then I definitely would suggest an athlete to break out that timer and employ that timing strategy to even those shorter distances. Very interesting. I love this because I feel it's like if you ask if you ask a number of people an opinion or a thought, they're always going to kind of influence it a little bit differently. So I would probably say that based off of my time chatting with Jeff Galloway, I would suggest that Um, Actually, the long run would be the time where you wouldn't have to really use your interval timer as much because he does suggest that that endurance can still be gained by his research indicates by just walking if you need to. So you could walk that entire long run and still have the endurance that you need for your marathon. I wouldn't say that would be ideal, though. I'd be something to keep that in your back pocket just in case you ever do struggle during your long run. Um, So I would suggest that you, yes, you use your timer. What I think what you're going to hear from here, though, is from... Denny, myself, and Shelby, and anyone else that you ask is that you need to stay true to whatever it is that feels good to you. So if you are not loving the interval timers that you're using right now in terms of what I believe that the magic mile usually gives you at least three different options for your intervals, play with them. Play with them during your training here and now so that you do feel comfortable with whatever training, whatever interval you choose for your actual marathon, and that you feel like it's something you feel comfortable with. So friend. We're going to love to hear from you as to which one you decide to do, but ultimately know that you are 
going to make it to that start line. And once you make it to the start line, you'll definitely make it to the finish line, friend. Heck yes. And I will jump one last thing, echoing what Denny said. Do not start the marathon running straight through. Be more conservative. Use the run walk in the very beginning. And then if you get to 24.2 miles and you feel like a magical unicorn, then by all means, throw caution to the wind. But do not do it at one through four miles. If you feel like a magical unicorn at mile 24 on your first marathon, then I probably suggest that you go ahead and sign up for a second one right away because, I mean... (laughs) You'll go BQ with Denny. Clearly, you have genetic predisposition to just kick in asphalt when it comes to the marathon distance because I don't think that was how I felt at mile 24. (laughs) No, no. Well, that brings us to an end. I'm sad a little bit too, which is the mark of any good conversation or good brunch or a good long run friends is when you make it to the end and you still feel good and you wish that you had more time together. So we loved having you here, Denny. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, ladies, the pleasure was was mine. Good to, good to connect and chat and laugh a little bit. And, and uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Thank you again. And friends, we are going to have all of the places that you can find Denny and Diz Runs in episode notes, but do check him out. The website is very easy, dizruns.com. You can find his podcast, the world's infamous podcast that you likely have heard us talk about at least a couple of times, Diz Runs Radio. Again, we'll have all of this in episode notes, including links to social media, even though we already heard social media is not necessarily his all-time favorite it's, a, it's kind of a necessary evil. We all do it. So. Yes. <laughs> and have a great rest of your day. Make sure that you rehydrate, you refuel, friends, and catch us again, either for Quick Bites Edition, a 20 to 30 minute in link that drops on Wednesdays, or see us again at Time for Brunch, where we're going to be serving up more miles with a side of smiles. Take care, y'all. 